as best you can find out uh, who it was written to, around the time it was, it was written, uh, the author, and uh, uh, most definitely the purpose. And when I go to, uh, to study a book, I will do, first of all, I will run through it uh, and, and I will mark down things that catch my attention, like repetitive terms uh, and words. When you find a lot of words that are repeated, it gives you a good idea of what the author is trying to bring out uh, to those who's going to be reading. That's why uh, I have titled this Hebrews, The Superiority of Christ. Because <coughs> basically everything that is written about in Hebrews, the writer is trying to get across that Christ is superior to everything. Amen? Yes. And if you look through Hebrews, there's a particular word that you find over and over, and that's the word better. Better. B-E-T-T-E-R, better. And um, so beginning our study, we're going to be going through, all the way through Hebrews, and we're going to find these verses that's got the word better and to see what the writer is talking about. And uh, if you will look at your <coughs> handout, I got a brief summary or overview. The book of Hebrews is a general epistle or apostolic letter. Um, by, by general epistle, it meaning that it was not uh, written to just one church or one individual, like a lot of the Pauline uh, writings, but uh, it was uh, written uh, to the church as a whole. <coughs> and it was Hebrews, though, was written mainly and primarily to, to Hebrew believers. In the beginning, there were more Jews in the church than there was Gentiles. Amen. And uh, Hebrews was written to those uh, Jewish believers. Now, the author is anonymous. Uh, we don't know for sure. We cannot say for sure who was the writer, although either Paul or Barnabas was traditionally accepted as the author. <coughs> but many uh, scholars I've read, I mean, the list is a mile long of men that different ones think wrote it. I mean, even Apollos, some people think Apollos did. For one thing for certain, whoever wrote it had to have uh, a great understanding of the Old Testament covenant, uh, and uh, especially the book of Leviticus, uh, and uh, because that's, that's used quite, quite a bit. It was written approximately around 67 A.D., its purpose 
was to present the Lord Jesus Christ as perfect and superior in comparison to anything Judaism and the Old Covenant had to offer. The author was writing to a group of Christians who were under intense persecution and some were contemplating a return to Judaism. This is important to know because this is later on when we get past this, um, it's gonna, you're going to understand why he wrote some things the way he did uh, in, uh, in the letter. Um, there were many, because they was being persecuted so heavily, they was thinking about leaving the Christian church, going back to the old uh, covenant ways and uh, the old uh, uh, laws of Judaism. And the writer admonished them not to turn away from their only hope of salvation. Um, that's, Im that's important, amen. Now the writer of Hebrews continually makes mention of the superiority of Christ in both his personage and in his ministering work. In the writings of the Old Testament, we understand the rituals and ceremonies of Judaism symbolically pointed to the coming uh, of Messiah. In other words, the rites of Judaism were but shadows of things to come. Hebrews tells us that Christ Jesus is better than anything mere religion has to offer. Amen. That is, that is so true. All the pomp and circumstances of religion pales in comparison to the person, work, and ministry of Christ Jesus. It is the superiority of our Lord Jesus, then, that remains a theme of this ethically written letter. Um, I love the Old Testament. I love uh, the writings uh, there and uh, there, there's some great, great things. But everything in the Old Testament was types and shadows, pointing to us to something better to come. Hallelujah. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't have no desire to go back and live under Old Testament law. Amen. Some people try to do that. Why in the world, I don't know. Uh the Old Testament covenant was about judgment. Grace and truth come through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I mean, stop and think about it. If we had the time, I could turn you over to the Bible, Brother Paul, and um, this old, the old covenant. There was a man brought before Moses and the congregation because he went out picking up sticks on the Sabbath day. And you know what his punishment was? He was stoned to death. Just for picking up sticks on the Sabbath. I don't want to live under that kind of regime, do you? I wouldn't survive very long, I'll be honest with you. Every day I live, I need grace. Hallelujah. Every day I live, I need grace. I need the grace and the mercy of the Lord. 
Now, the epistle to Hebrews is a study in contrast between the imperfect and the and incomplete provisions of the old covenant given under Moses and the infinitely better provisions of the new covenant offered by the perfect high priest, God's only son, and the Messiah, Jesus Christ. Included in the better provisions are a better hope, testament, and these are things that we're going to be getting to uh, individually as we go along. Uh, promise, sacrifice, substance, country, and resurrection. Those who belong to the new covenant dwell in a completely new and heavenly atmosphere. They worship a heavenly Savior, have a heavenly calling, receive a heavenly gift. Oh, glory, hallelujah. And citizens of a heavenly country <coughs> look forward to a heavenly Jerusalem and have their very names written in heaven. Ain't that wonderful? That is wonderful. Now, for our first topic tonight, we're going to find the first better. Better than angels. Better than angels. This is found in the first chapter, and we're going to read, excuse me, I'm a little difficult tonight, Hebrews chapter 1. Verses 1 through 4. Let's read this. God, who at sundry times and in divers manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who being in the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of, of the majesty on high, verse 4, being made so much, so much better than the angels, as he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. I just got through reading a mouthful that you could take and teach for a year on. Amen. Now, hopefully at some time we will get back to some of these things in here. But what we're focusing on tonight is the fourth verse. Being made so much better than the angels. Now he's talking about Jesus. He's talking about our Lord. Being made better than the angels. The first instance in Hebrews of the word better is found in reference to Christ being made better than the angels. In which we need to clarify because of a seemly contradiction of another verse in chapter 2. I always hear, and I know you do too, people want to use an excuse. They don't believe the Bible because it contradicts itself. No, you don't read it right. You don't rightly divide the Word of God. 
The Word of God does not contradict itself. If they're in discrepancy, then I got to go back, brother, and I got to find out where I messed up. Hallelujah. Amen. I, you know, if there's, if there's a problem, I'm the one that caused it. And so, if you'll notice in Hebrews 2 and 9, I don't know why some people want to say there's a discrepancy here or a contradiction because it's really plain, but we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna talk about this now because the next time that you might hear somebody say something, you'll have the information about this. It says, but we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels. Somebody says, well, now, wait a minute. Hebrews 1 says he was made better than the angels, but just one chapter over says that he was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. Now, once we understand this, it puts the shout in my step. Hallelujah. It, it makes me want to do the Holy Ghost boot scoot. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory. The continuity of these two passages become clear once you rightly divide the subject matter. In chapter 1, it is clear that Christ was made better than the angels because of his inheritance. He said, being made much better than the angels, as by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. The inherited name made Jesus superior or better than the angels. Hallelujah. Because if you go back to the original Greek, that's what that word better in that place is talking about, superior than the angels. So the word better in this verse represents being superior. And as the amplified version shall show, I, 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 I jumped ahead of Sister Darlene tonight because she always follows me along in her amplified version. I, got, I jumped the gun on you tonight. <laughs> I got it printed there. Now, notice how the amplified version uh, translates this. Taking a place and rank by which he himself became as much superior to angels as the glorious name, title, which he had inherited is different from and more excellent than theirs. Now, it should be getting clear to you what he's talking about here. So the name sets Christ apart from everyone in heaven and in earth. Amen. That name, that inherited name, it sets the, sets the Lord apart from everyone in the heavens and in the earth. Um, that's what the Apostle Paul verifies when he wrote his letter to uh, the church at Philippi. Look at Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 through 11. Wherefore, God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. That makes him superior. Hallelujah. 
that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things where? In heaven. Go yeah. oh, glory. And things in earth. And things under the earth. Hey, even those souls in torment, my friend. Oh, hallelujah. Wish I had time to get into that some. Amen. Glory. So, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. If you believe that, say amen. amen. So, he, Jesus was better than the angels in the fact that he had a name by inheritance that was superior to every other name in the universe. Amen. And that everybody's going to have to give allegiance to that name. But now that brings us back to Hebrews 2 and 9 for clarification. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels, for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. So here's the question. How can something superior, which we have proved, was, uh, proved Christ is, how can something superior be said to be also lower? How can that be? Well, it is all in the subject matter and context, as I said before. The verse in chapter 1 was referring to his name, which is his deity, or the God side of Christ. Amen. Amen. It was talking about his the God side of Jesus. In chapter 2, we are looking at his humanity or the physical side of Christ. Because we got to always remember he was God and he was man. Hallelujah. He wasn't just a good teacher. He wasn't just a prophet. Amen. He was God and he was man. Deity and humanity in one physical form. That word lower in the Greek, uh, is elato, which means a lesser rank. Amen. A lesser rank. See, even though his, uh, his deity, he had that name that was superior to, to angels, yet, <coughs> he was, as the word said, he was born on the law to see the woman. Come on. Amen. And because of that, he was lower than the angels. If you can understand what I'm trying to say there, let me see your hand, please. I want to make sure you can understand that. See, he, uh, uh, in his humanity, <coughs> was lower than the angels. See, yeah, right. Right. Okay. Angels are immortal. Thus they can't die. Now this order for anybody who's still having a little problem with getting together, this order this order fix it for you completely. Angels are immortal, thus they can't die. 
Christ in his humanity was mortal like you and I. Amen. The God side of Jesus couldn't die, but the human side could. Do you follow that? That's what made him Lord and the angels. Jesus as a man could die. Angels can't die. One writer said he humbled himself and was obedient even to the death of the cross. Hallelujah. Amen. So, uh, thus he was lower than the angels, and that verse explains why. He was made lower than the angels for a little while, as Sister Darlene said, for the suffering of death. Hallelujah. Now, if he stayed the way he was, because we all, we all understand and know Jesus was around before Bethlehem. And if, he had, if it wasn't for the incarnation, there wouldn't be a perfect sacrifice for our sins. Hallelujah. So he was made lower than the angels, but yet still he carries that name that's superior to all. <coughs> so everything that we have covered tonight, you should be able to have filled out those questions um, that I've got there in the lesson review. Uh, again, now, we talked about uh, he is better than the angels, and what we're going to be doing at first and is going through uh, Hebrews, and we're going to be picking out all of these things that is better. And it all talks about things that are better under this new covenant than it was under the old covenant. Because as I told you there in the summary uh, of it, the overview, that he wrote this to some Jews because they was being persecuted so badly, according to history and scholars, <coughs> that some of them had already left and went back to the, uh, to the Old Covenant, and there were many who were contemplating going back. And so this writer here was trying to let them know that what you got now is far better, it's superior than anything that you can find on the old covenant. Hallelujah. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise tonight. Amen. <laughs> That's as far as we're going to take it for this evening.